Hello, welcome to the Pit Stop Podcast. I'm Braden Dollar Coltman. I'm joined by Jordan Dollar Coltman. How are you doing, Jordan? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks. It's been uh, a hot second since we had a little bit of race action. We 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 had a, a week off. Um, the last race was a back to back. The second of a back to back in Austria at the Red Bull Ring. We had a pretty fun match uh, with Norris and Verstappen. We'll get into that. Um, and we've got a, a brand new system for qualifying uh, this upcoming weekend here in uh, at Silverstone for the British Grand Prix. Uh, so let's get going. Okay, so the like I said, the the second of a back to back, the Austrian Grand Prix, uh, the Red Bull Ring. We had a dominant performance once again by Max Verstappen, who's proving that he is much more than he was last year um, and, and proving that that car that Red Bull's uh, rocking is much, much faster um, than it was last year as well. Uh, Norris had a really, a really great race. He finished third. We saw Bottas in second. And uh, so we made predictions for four, five, and six. I don't think either of us would have predicted Hamilton in fourth. What were you? What were your thoughts uh, no, on that, on that no, race? No, no. Hamilton struggled a little bit. To be honest with you, though, uh, the the real sort of like driver of the, of the week for me was Lando Norris. Just drove the hell out of that uh, McLaren, and you know, even right through, through from qualifying on, you just knew he had great pace, and it was impressive to see him. He, he qualified in second, and then was able to to just really push it all all race long. He struggled a little bit against Hamilton in the middle part of the race there we had a sort of a funny uh, radio exchange after lewis had chased him down for a couple laps he finally passed me sort of paid him a compliment on the team radio saying man that lando's a good driver but lando was able to get the last laugh he finished on the podium so good for him again he's the only driver this season so far who has they got points in every race um and nice to see him back up on the podium good to see bottas back up on the podium in second place he's really been uh struggling this year but he was able to really push his car too which was good and uh yeah Verstappen you mentioned back-to-backs at the Red Bull Ring but it was the third uh in a row uh back-to-back-to-back weekends we had a little uh sort of hat trick if you will of races and Verstappen winning the hat trick he got all three so he's pulled away again um continues to just widen his lead a little bit more on uh Hamilton for the constructors I think his lead is about 32 at this point so yeah even with a win this upcoming week, Hamilton still won't catch him yet. So it's still tight. Uh, obviously, you know, um, yeah, lot, lots to take away from what was a very busy uh, June and uh, uh, early July. And it's nice to see Ricardo, you know, pushing a little bit. He finished seventh, uh, not necessarily where he wants to finish. I'm sure seeing his uh, teammate in Norris finishing on the podium, but uh are we going to see Ricardo find his way with McLaren here or are they going to, I mean, we're kind of getting into the, the part of the season where, you know, seats are available, things change. Uh, like we're seeing with uh, next weekend, we'll talk about, there's going to be a new qualifying feature. Um, what's the future hold for Daniel Ricardo? Well, I think they're happy with him at McLaren. He's happy at McLaren, but it's still growing pains. I think, you know, so much is going to change next season because we're getting new cars. We're getting a whole new sort of financial regulation. This was sort of the weird, like carryover year, right? They're driving pretty much the same vehicles from last year. So lots, lots of weird things I think are being worked out. However, you look at Lando Norris, he's driving, you know, pretty much the same setup in the other McLaren and he's definitely having better results. So Ricardo, uh, 
I think will continue to try to push. As you mentioned, good finish seventh for him. It's really important for McLaren that he continues to get them valuable points. They'd love him to be getting double digit points as opposed to, you know, the, the fours and the sixes and the eights yeah. down there in the bottom half of the top 10. But, you know, because they're in the, they're in a fight with Ferrari for third, that's really what, what their season is going to come down to. They really want to finish third behind Mercedes and Red Bull. Nobody, I think, expects anyone else to, to be able to get up there other than Ferrari and, and, and them at this point. So it's sort of a two dog race for the top two spots. And it's a two dog race for the third spot. And that would mean a lot for McLaren to go back to back seasons in third place and help them financially. And so they're definitely hoping Ricardo can continue to push that McLaren that he's driving. Yeah. Uh, another notable performance, George Russell, we talked a bit about him last uh, week uh, on the podcast. He finished in 11th and just shy of getting point, uh, one point granted yeah. uh that's huge though this is a williams car and this i mean yeah. this this vehicle sh- and correct me if i'm wrong this vehicle should not be where it is on the grid um by the end of the you know if you and, and if if williams is you know competing for one of those latter point uh latter uh positions in the rankings russell's given them a great opportunity to to you know fight for something when you look at the, the rest of the standings stroll finished 13th vettel and the other aston martin didn't even finish um you know the alfa romeos are sitting 14 15 where we usually see them and um george russell is bound for an upgrade i guess that's what i'm trying to get to yeah well i think there's a lot of speculation and rumor about that but i would also say like and we're going to get to it when we talk about this upcoming week because there's already been some, you know, some early fireworks from Russell, but I don't want to, I don't want to jump the shark on that. But when you look at last week, you know, he's been qualifying really, really well. And that's because I think that Williams car right now is built for clean air, open space, and he just flat out drives it unbelievably it's when he gets into traffic that he seems to be struggling and that's just the engineering of that car and they're going to be grateful i think when this season's done to be able to move on to a new um a, a couple new pieces of technology and into a new car because i think williams is on the right track to start to to put the right the right steps forward the question will be will george russell be there for the journey probably not he's probably like you said uh due for an opportunity with a bigger team mercedes most likely um so i think big question marks but also huge signs of what you know just like you should be salivating over how exciting the next couple of years are going to be with george russell competing with the guys like lando norris and Verstappen. the young guys on this in this field are just so good uh i think the next decade of f1 is just set up for some really really exciting um some really exciting drivers so you you mentioned a few things here about the um the changes coming next next season i, I think that we should just dive in and talk a little bit about what what that means and if you can explain a little bit what is to come um for f1 and then and i you know the next year but also the next upcoming years sure so they just unveiled uh, a couple days ago sort of the prototype for the the 2022 um car so obviously every team and every constructor makes modifications and design choices based on what their engineering and their you know uh, aerodynamics packages and all of those kind of things they've all got different engines but the basic design of an f1 car is uniform uh 
um, to prevent really sort of outlandish, strange ideas. And there is a fun, you know, it's, it's, it can be kind of fun to go down into the archives and you can find a lot of great videos on YouTube, even on the F1 page, they've got sort of history of some really weird cars when the rules were a lot less sort of strict about the, the car design. And there's some really interesting ingenuity and in, innovation. There's a couple five wheel cars where guys in the like 70s and 80s were just trying really out of the box stuff. In the modern era of F1, whoa, 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 whoa. did you say five wheels? <laughs> yeah, you got to go and see the stuff. So what, there's, there's really one in the front. There's, there's, uh, no, there's three in the front. It's like three training wheels. You just got to go see it. It's hard to explain. Right. They're, they're they're very strange. They're very concept cars. Right. And that there was a there was a point in time when you know the 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 regulations were a lot less stringent and obviously right. safety being a big factor and also just sort of the like competitiveness of of the sport has increased and changed and now there's this sort of uniform design so um you know I, i'm not going to go into like all of the major changes but if you go online you know you go to the f1 website and you can see that, that there's some pretty big differences um uh the the couple of the big obvious ones you know the front wing has a kind of a new uniform design we're losing sort of the side pieces of it it um, looks cool wheels it looks and, like an arrow it does look very cool yeah totally one of the biggest changes is the wheels and the tires so it's easy to see if you look at the photographs of them the, the pirelli tires that they're on right now are um 13 inch wheels uh which means that it's a fatter tire uh, uh with a, with a smaller um diameter for the wheel inside but coming into 2022 the uh wheel size will decrease to an or pardon me will increase to an 18 inch wheel which means that you'll have a lower profile tire uh it'll look more it'll definitely look cooler but it's also just going to mean a whole new tire compound we've had a lot of stuff about that totally the rear wing is a whole new structure it's a lot more fluid um the floor i think is the other part that's really interesting they're calling it like a 3d floor um, so rather than most, like the current F1 car is a flat bottom, um, designed for, for, you know, a pretty standard downforce, but on the, 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 the next version, the 2022 car features like a fully shaped underfloor with these sort of air tunnels, um, that are designed to again, increase downforce, um, but also have sort of less impact on the cars around them. So one of the things they're really trying to do is prevent the problem we're seeing with Williams, where other cars, you know, airflow is impeding and impacting the cars behind them. So they're not able to follow as closely because they're, they're, they're being so greatly impacted by the turbulent air ahead of them. So the design of this future car, the 2022 car, is designed to try to make the airspace right behind the car, the leading car, more drivable. So the chase car should be able to get closer. We should be able to have more overtakes and more sort of aggressive following. That's mm -hmm. definitely something they want to do there. Again, all of this is about increasing competitiveness. They're trying really hard to, to move to a more um, competitive field. That's been a big thing. The other real big change is the weight of the cars uh, is going up by about 5%. So again, you know, they're 14 kilograms heavier than they were last year or this year, I guess. Um, but with those new tires, uh, you know, it, it's a lot of factors. Like, like, again, we can get into the nuts and bolts and the, the technical parts of it, but it's also just easy to go online and look it up. So point, the bigger point being, um, big changes coming, the cars are going to look a lot different next year. They're designed to be more aerodynamic and more importantly, more, um, 
aerodynamic for the cars around them, trying to create less wind disturbance right. or air disturbance. And then and they should be faster. It makes them more competitive. They will be faster in theory. They should be faster. It should be the biggest upgrade speed wise in the, uh, you know, in the hybrid era. And that would be great for, again, teams that are, you know, the, 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 the McLarens and the Ferraris and the teams that are just chasing the two fastest cars out there right now, they're going to have more opportunities to start to push and compete, which would be great. So, and to be clear, though, what, to be clear, because there's, there's kind of, there's F1 and what the organization as a whole does in terms of regulating um, design, what, you know, the car has to be, and there are certain regulations to that. But then within that, each team still has an opportunity to, uh, you know, tinker and upgrade parts of that. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So there's little minor things that have to shift and change depending, let's say on like engine shape and things. So if you look, for example, at the Aston Martin this season, you know, a lot of that car looks very similar to let's say the Mercedes, but when you actually look at like the bodywork right behind the driver, there are these sort of strange bulges on each side and that's because the engine fits in a slightly different way than it fits on the mercedes or you look at what the mclaren had to do to slightly change its body shape to get its engine its new mercedes engine into it so there's a lot of different factors um that each team has to work through depending on again the yeah the, the specifics and the the technical specifications of their specific car but that they all have to also fall inside the regulations and they all have to be they all have to sort of meet these these standards and that's what this future car is going to this is the next version of of the standard let's say so if you go online and see it it's got a really cool livery right so like iridescent rainbow (laughs) colors yeah exactly i want to see more of that on the track a little more a little more fun with the liveries would be fun yeah why not you know think of think of hockey goalie helmets they're 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 fun they're personal well that's where the drivers get their own helmets true yeah that's true it's hard to see when they're zooming by at 250 clicks True. So, True. or miles rather. Uh, okay. Well, that's fun. Uh, <laughs> and I'm excited to see all that next year. Uh, but until then, um, uh, we'll prepare for the next race here at Silverstone. Are you feeling hungry? Busy Bee Vegan is a plant-based meal prep service offering pre-made, delicious, and healthy plant-based meals to the greater Toronto area. Whether you're curious about plant-based vegan eating, looking to improve your overall health and wellness, or simply too busy to cook, Busy Bee is for you. Their plans are focused on eating clean without sacrificing taste and contributing to a healthy planet. They have made it super simple. Choose and order your meals from the multiple plans they offer, and they will deliver your meals in environmentally friendly compostable containers right to your door. You can find them on Instagram at Busy Bee Vegan Meals or on Facebook at Busy Bee Vegan. Go check out a small local business in Toronto and save the hassle of COVID grocery shopping and cooking. Let the Busy Bees feed you buzz-worthy meals. Okay, the British Grand Prix. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna go this Sunday at 8 a.m. Mountain Standard Time um, at the Silverstone Circuit. This is a pretty um, prestigious track um it's got a lot of history here this is lewis hamilton's home uh race lots of guys home race george russell lando norris in the field um and we've got a brand new qualifying we ha- we had qualifying uh today or yesterday if people are listening to this podcast um which set the track for this brand new sprint qualifying that is bound to be fun I, I mean, I don't really know. I, I don't think anybody really knows what this is going to be. Have they ever done this before? And could you also explain 
to the people who don't understand what is this sprint qualifying? So yeah, they, they've never done it quite like this. This is a new format. Um, the idea is to, again, try to increase competitiveness. And I think they're also just experimenting with, you know, like any sport, um, sometimes you got to kind of tinker with the rules to try to mix it up and just see if you can find some new competitive energy in there. So um, the F1 sprint will be a race run over 100 kilometers. Um, so that's 17 laps in the case of Silverstone. Uh, and so it lasts around like 25, 30 minutes, basically. And it's basically just a straight out, no pit stop style race. Um, so yes, they qualified on Friday. Um, we talk about the qualifying in a minute, but they qualified to set the grid for the sprint qualifying on Saturday. So Saturday morning, they'll still do um, final practice. So they st- the teams will still get time to get out there and tinker with their um, cars. Uh, but the idea here is that they'll be able to sort of um, just get themselves ready for a sprint. And the, I think the main thing with the sprint is that they just want to mix it up. Like you have such different strategy in a, you know, let's say 55 lap or a 62 lap race than you would if you didn't have to worry about pit stops. You could just put your fastest tires on and just flat out go. Um, and I think that what they're trying to play at is the same idea as how there's, you know, different sports have done things like rugby sevens or like cricket 20 or like things where like big long format sporting events have looked for like new innovative things this isn't going to replace anything so much as i think they're just trying to find another sort of wrinkle to the weekend um the finishing order for that sprint will then define the grid for sunday's uh, grand prix so uh, let's say you qualified in eighth on friday um, traditionally that's where you would start the Grand Prix. In this case, you have an opportunity to improve your grid standing. So you might, you know, a car that might've just had a bad quality or might struggle in qualifying, but actually drives better in races. And we've seen that over time too. There's some drivers who are better qualifying drivers than they are race drivers. And then there are some guys who just don't qualify well, vice versa, but they can, you know, Daniel Ricardo is an amazing overtaker. Well, he has no overtaking in qualifying. You know, one of his greatest skills is sort of muted in the place, you know, in, in that style of thing here, he has an opportunity to go and pass a couple guys and think about too, how much excitement and energy uh, the first couple laps of a Grand Prix has, right? Usually the first lap, there's overtakes all over the place because they're coming off the grid and maybe someone didn't get their tires up to temperature on the formation lap. Maybe somebody locks up out of turn one or turn two. And right away, you're getting into a really competitive and exciting start to the race. Then everything starts to spread out. Over time, the faster cars pull away and then you know, we, we, get, we get what we usually get. I think the idea here is we're going to truncate all of that. We're going to get a little bit extra fast aggressive racing and then we get it twice in the weekend so i again repeat how 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 far it is is it a full lap? kilometers how many laps is that it's 100 kilometers 17 laps okay so the okay. equivalent of about a 30 minute race so okay again most of these pirelli tires will last about 20 something laps this is 17 laps the goal i think here is they're not looking for pit stops unless you've got some bodywork damage or something. Let's say there's a little bit of contact in lap one, then you might have to see some pitting. But the idea here is that they can just flat out go. That's fun. That's exciting. You you mentioned if somebody finishes an eighth, uh, we we know now that George Russell is on the grid at eighth, um, which is really impressive. I think just behind Daniel Ricardo and Lando Norris. Um, we did see Lewis Hamilton uh, beat out Max Verstappen to finish first in uh, in this qualifying. Now, is it every single 
is it all 20 or is it just the 10? Yes. No, all 20 get to race. So there's opportunities for the guys who didn't make it out of, um, you know, uh, quality one to improve guys like Sonoda who just, you know, got beat out there by a couple hundredths of a second. He was in 16th behind stroll. He's got an opportunity to start Sunday ahead of stroll or maybe ahead of Grosjean, uh, pardon me. Um, not Grosjean. Jovanazzi. <laughs> uh, that's what I meant to say. I saw the GI in the, in the list. But yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, just some of those cars that, you know, a middle of the pack guys. But also, this is going to really make a difference up at the top. Hamilton just edged out Verstappen to take, you know, you know pole for this sprint. He's got to defend that now and hold on to that if he wants to start on pole come Sunday. Uh, guys like Bottas have an opportunity to jump up and try to make it harder on the Red Bulls. Leclerc snuck in there in the middle there, pushed Perez back down to five. And we talked about Ricardo earlier. Look, he and Norris were right there neck and neck together, six and seven to qualify. So Ricardo had a good outing, at least as good as almost as good as Norris. And so it'll be interesting to see if they can improve too. But the guy, again, that coming out of qualifying for me, uh, and this will be one of the stories because he's another one of the Brits. Uh, eighth place, the highest Russell has ever qualified. It's fantastic. And he has an opportunity to, to, you know, really put that Williams in a, in, in an awesome place come Sunday. You know, if he can get up ahead of one of those, those McLarens or, you know, heaven forbid something even crazier happens ahead of them. And maybe a couple of guys have a bad start. He could be finding himself in the top five to start Sunday for the first time in his career as as a Williams driver, I should say. And that would be awesome. Right. So yeah, that's, I think the competitiveness that they were hoping they would get from this. The other thing I just mentioned really quickly, because I didn't say that when we were talking about the sprint, this, this also, uh, there's points on the line. So the top three finishers uh, in the sprint will also get points. So first place will get three points, second place gets two, and, and third place gets an extra point for the driver's championship. So, you know, let's say... Just for qualifying. You know, Norris, just for finishing the top three. There won't be a podium or anything like that. Right. Um, but, you know, the idea being that there's still, there's still valuable points in the line, especially if you're one of those guys who, you know, is in a chase position or something come near the end of the season and you're looking to finish third or fourth or fifth or something, you know, this could really matter. You know, you look right now at the driver's, the driver's championship and a guy like Lando Norris, he's only, he's only three points behind Sergio Perez. Let's say he wins the sprint. He's up in third place in the driver's championship. And that could be huge for him down, you know, down, down the line. A guy like Carlos Sainz is chasing his teammate Leclerc. Leclerc's got a two point lead on him. Two points, three points is, can make a, a big difference in terms of where you finish on this table. Usually the guys up in one or two are so far ahead, no one's catching them. Yep. But down in the middle of this, and, you know, trust me, these guys are all uber competitive, and it matters to them each year where they finish uh, as individual drivers. They care a lot, and so every point matters. So that's definitely an incentive and advantage. What could go wrong here? Now, if we see an accident uh, or some sort of collision, did they still have time to fix the car? Is the car out? Uh, obviously, it'd be out of qualifying if it's not able to to continue um, driving. But, uh, you know, is it like qualifying where if they have the ability to be able to fix the car, it, it can make it to the grid? Or I feel like there's a little more danger when it comes to being able to actually make it to the race. Yeah, so... There's a little bit more wiggle room, I think, this this weekend than in traditional weekends. Uh, there, I'm not exactly sure of, of all of the rules. Um, park firma is the name of the term that they use for basically avoiding moving uh, specific parts of a car in and out between qualifying and racing. Um, 
they have to basically run the same car or the equivalent of the same car they qualify when it comes to the race. That's the rule. That's what we saw when Leclerc, for example, couldn't start the Monaco Grand Prix. Right. Uh, he would have had to take a penalty had he changed out his gearbox. And so instead they tried. And of course, he wasn't able to get through the, the formation lap that day. So allowances have been made for like power unit and gearbox cooling adjustments should the ambient temperature change or something like that. Like there's basic stuff that they're going to allow uh, teams to make a little bit more give them a little bit more leeway in terms of making sure their car is still competitive for Sunday, let's say, because they've, they've been racing as opposed to just, just qualifying. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's, that's what we have to sort of look forward to and it, it should be exciting. You know, I hope that it is as, as dramatic as they anticipate it will be. We're going to see, um, I think two more of these this, this season, uh, but we'll see. I, I, I'm not sure which the other ones have, are. I don't even know if they've announced them. Um, I think there's some rumors that Monza might be the other one that's going to get one of these sprints in it. I don't believe they've announced it, but we'll find out. Uh, but yeah, I know it's, they're calling it the, two, the 2021 crypto.com sprint series. So I think, again, they're just trying to mix it up and make something a little bit more interesting and, yeah. and, and see if it works. And if, if they like it, they'll probably, we'll probably start to see them a lot more. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the drivers think. I know there was a lot of grumbling and mumbling as there always are when sure. things change because there's, I don't know, there's, you know, traditionalists and there's also just sort of like, you know, these drivers are again, very competitive and they don't want anything to, to, uh, you know, get in the way of, of a chance to win the Grand Prix. Sure. But uh, I mean, like you said, th this is for the fans, this sport, uh, all sports, yep. I think are for the fans. Um, and you see this kind of thing happen in the NBA when they introduced the play in tournament, there was a lot of backlash, which I believe is coming back from the players, but you're right. They, the yeah. NBA they, didn't has they just approve that today. Yeah. That's right. I think it's important. I think, I mean, it, it's not always, it doesn't always seem fair, but you're, you're giving more opportunity for competition, uh, for more teams. And I think that that's what we need to see when, when you've got a 20 driving or a 20 car grid, um, you want to see more competition. You want to see more opportunity and, and, and everyone loves to cheer for underdogs. It doesn't mean that we're going to see necessarily, um, you know, Alfa Romeo compete for a podium, but if, if there was a race that we saw Alfa Romeo, um, you know, make it to, to the four, five, six, that's really exciting. And, and it's good for the sport. And, um, so, so it'll be great to see what, what this, how this turns out for qualifying. And if they decide that uh, it's something that they, they think they can continue to introduce into more races. Um, final predictions. What, what, what are we going to see? Who are we going to see on the podium? Not after the qualifying sprint, but after our uh, Silverstone British Grand Prix. Well, I'm only going to give you one name okay. because I don't know what's going to happen. Okay. But I, I am very confident that barring some car issue, Lewis Hamilton looked unbelievable in qualifying. And I think uh, they're looking for a bounce back. If they're going to make this a season, uh, make it a competitive without letting Verstappen just run away with it. This is going to be the weekend to turn it around. Um, we had a very dramatic race here last season. If you remember both Mercedes finishing with their, without all three, all four tires uh, intact, but they both finished. That was an um, awesome race. This, yeah, it was. And I think Lewis Hamilton loves this track. He's got a full stand, uh, full grandstand there. British fans losing their minds back to racing. It means a lot to those guys. Uh, I think Lewis Hamilton's going to win it. All right. Uh, my, my prediction, I'll give you one name as well. 
Um, that's Yuki Sonoda, and I'm going to predict that he finishes in top 10. Not in uh, podium, but I'm going to say he finishes top 10. Nice. Now, I've been, uh, I've been dreadfully wrong before, but I am ever the optimist. So um, let's see. Let's see what happens. Uh, it should be a fun one. Silverstone, uh, Silverstone Circuit, 8 a.m. this Sunday, the British Grand Prix. Uh, thanks, Don't everybody. Qualifying tomorrow. D- uh, tomorrow, 8 a.m. as well. So I, I imagine you can find the time if you look it up. Um, check, your, check your local stations. Set your PVR. Um, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, tune in to our other uh, podcast if you've got the time. Uh, every Monday it comes out Hattrick Sports. You can follow us on Instagram and other platforms. I'm sure. Uh, subscribe on all of the places you find your podcast. And this was pissed off. The Pit Stop Podcast is presented by Hattrick Sports and is a member of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. The show is produced by Jordan and Braden Dollar Coltman each week, but mainly Jordan. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening. The Ordinary Podcasting Network wishes to acknowledge that the lands on which our conversations take place include Treaty 6 territory, the traditional meeting ground and home for many indigenous peoples, including the Cree, Dene, Soto, Blackfoot, Métis, and the Nakota Sioux peoples, as well as the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. We acknowledge the many First Nations, Métis, and Inuit, whose footsteps have marked these lands for generations. And we extend our appreciation for the opportunity to live, create, and share stories on these territories. The Ordinary Podcasting Network intends to engage in conversations and dialogue, which acknowledge that reconciliation is not a destination, but a journey, and that we remain committed to practicing our craft in a decolonized space.